In the world of filters, angles, and perfectly curated images, Kiva became obsessed with maintaining her appearance. She spent hours perfecting her photos, showcasing her flawless skin, perfectly styled outfits, and provocative poses. The virtual world became her stage, and she reveled in the applause. But deep down, Kiva's heart wrestled with a constant battle. She was raised in a Christian family and taught to value inner beauty, faith, and humility. However, the allure of being seen as sexy often clouded her judgment. The compromises she made for the sake of freedom and attention began to erode her faith. As Kiva continued to chase the fleeting admiration of others, she found herself compromising her values. She pushed the boundaries of modesty, embracing a lifestyle that contradicted the teachings she had once held dear. The lines between right and wrong became blurry as the pursuit of freedom overshadowed her spiritual convictions. With each compromise, Kiva felt a piece of her soul slip away. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Confidence Restored podcast presented by CC America, also known as Confidence Centers of America and hosted by Tamaria Jordan. This is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. I am grateful for the gift of salvation. I'm grateful for grace, and I'm grateful that today is the official launch day of Sin, Salvation is a New Sexy. The book is now available in both paperback format as well as Kindle. And so I wanted to release this book because I feel like as a society, sin is promoted. You can turn on your TV stations, on social media and different avenues, and sin is what you see. And I find it interesting that sometimes as a believer, When you see other believers, or even when we ourselves talk about salvation, for some reason, it seems like salvation offends, Um, but people are okay with sin. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that Salvation is the New Sexy is a book that's going to shame individuals who embrace who they are. At the end of the day, God created us to engage in sex, to reproduce. And so this is not about saying, you know, it is wrong to feel beautiful, to feel the things that some women may feel, especially as it relates to life and situations. But it's really a way for us to think about the imbalance and based on societal connotations associated with that word. So even when you think about salvation and sexy, when you think about today's sense, it doesn't mix. But I started to do some research because for me, many, many years ago, when I was in high school, whenever I would hear individuals say, oh, you're sexy, I would immediately feel somewhat offended in a sense that, is that the only thing you think about when you see me? And I would have conversations with friends and other individuals in my circle. And I'm like, you know, it's interesting that the first word that comes to mind is sexy, not 
oh, you're beautiful. You're someone I could really see myself getting to know. And so for me, it would stare conflicting emotions just because of the connotation. And ironically, when you think about uh, the product line that you may be aware that I launched in 2020 called Confident Connotations, it's actually a vision from many, many years ago in a spinoff of Confident Centers of America. So the products like this mug and the t-shirt I have on, um, they come from confident connotations. But ironically, this concept was given to me, I feel like in my spirit in 2012. So I get that the title is somewhat controversial because like, how do you mix salvation and sexy? But when you think about the term sexy in the current meaning in the informal sense, it can mean exciting. And you hear businesses use that term as well. But what I found interesting was the fact that the word did not actually mean what it means today. So when I looked up the etymology of the word sexy, I was surprised to find that even in Hebrew, even before the word sexy one did not exist. But on top of that, the word didn't exist, but the etymology meant um, when you look at the word sex by itself without the dash Y, it was referring to being characterized um, as a man or a woman. So it was really based on our reproductive organs. And then it wasn't until the early 1900s that the word underwent a rebrand and the dash Y was added. And dash Y means characterized of. So when you look at the word sexy, sex dash Y or sexy altogether, the original etymology would have been characterized of a man or a woman. However, the term started to change uh, meaning and connotation to mean something overly sexual in how we see other individuals. And so I realized in doing this research about the etymology that I have allowed myself to be defined by what society says for a word that we gave power. And so then it made me think about a whole myriad of things. And so when I think about the fact that I got the vision for Salvation is the New Sexy back in 2012, and here we are in 2023, and I am releasing this book on August 1st, that is intentional. Eight symbolizes new beginnings. I released the announcement of this book on Independence Day because I feel like myself included, and I know many other people really need to be set free from society's labels. And you know, when we think about the hot girl connotation, we think about beauty, uh, uh, beauty standards now can really hinder individuals, I think, to a degree in becoming who God called them to be because we are so stuck on comparison or feeling like we have to measure up to a certain standard or we have to look a certain way to be accepted. And so when I think about beauty, I think about our inner beauty. And so that's why, again, I wrote this book because I feel like we really don't start to understand what salvation and freedom is until we understand who we are in Christ. And so I was like, I have to say something. And this something is, I really want women to embrace who they are and discover their true self-worth. Because when we think about societal norms, it is so easy to get bogged down in comparison. And to think, you know, I have to look a certain way, or if I, if I channel my inner sexy, I'm going to keep a man. And the truth of the matter is no one is going to be kept unless they want to be kept. And for me, I used to think that, you know what, if I, if I channel what people call me, I'm going to feel 
better about myself. But the truth of the matter is not really. And so when I thought about even how growing up, the different things that I felt, and even in college and things like that, where it grew, I was like, you know what? How can I creatively express this by using a fictitious character? The character's name is Kiva. Kiva means beautiful, where we chronicle her life in a high level sense, where we go through her life story and highlighting how she went from hot girl to God's girl and how she rediscovered who she is in Christ, not who she is based on the world standards. So I'm actually going to read a little bit of the book. I'm going to read a part of uh, the chapter titled Too Sexy. And it says, in the world of filters, angles, and perfectly curated images, Kiva became obsessed with maintaining her appearance. She spent hours perfecting her photos, showcasing her flawless skin, perfectly styled outfits, and provocative poses. The virtual world became her stage, and she reveled in the applause. But deep down, Kiva's heart wrestled with a constant battle. She was raised in a Christian family and taught to value inner beauty, faith, and humility. However, the allure of being seen as sexy often clouded her judgment. The compromises she made for the sake of freedom and attention began to erode her faith. As Kiva continued to chase the fleeting admiration of others, she found herself compromising her values. She pushed the boundaries of modesty, embracing a lifestyle that contradicted the teachings she had once held dear. The lines between right and wrong became blurry as the pursuit of freedom overshadowed her spiritual convictions. With each compromise, Kiva felt a piece of her soul slip away. And when you think about life, you think about the different things that we may encounter, um, the different situations we may find ourselves in, it is easy to go down what I like to call a slippery slope, where we feel like, you know what, I have time. I have time to get it right. Because if you're like most individuals, especially in Christian community, we start to evaluate and or measure what we can and can't do by what we see others do. And I know even growing up, sometimes I felt like watching other Christians, it seemed like people just lived their life until they got to a point where they were more mature. And they were like, you know what? I um, Now I'm going to go to God. Now I'm going to repent for my sins. Now I'm going to turn my life over to Christ and I'm going to tell everyone else, you know, how to live right. And it, it was interesting to me because I'm like, but you spent all these years doing whatever you were going to do. And so the character in this book, I purposely chose someone who was younger because so often we see individuals when they are at the end of their life, try to get it right. Whereas in this book, the character is a young woman because I feel like so often we think we have time to get it right. We play with God's grace. And so even for me, there are things that throughout my life I have been convicted by. And I'm like, wow, I'm surprised that other believers, like they aren't convicted in doing similar things or thinking certain ways. But I realized that's why we need community. That's why we need examples. And so when I think about this book, I think about the fact that it is um, I tell a story, but then I also give biblical examples about how we overcome certain things. So 
there are multiple chapters in this book. And starting with the first chapter that I read a snippet from, Too Sexy. And so when I think about even that chapter, it really is focused on the myth of the hot girl. Like, how did we get here? How did society bring us to this point of where we feel like, and we've given this word so much power, when the truth of the matter is, for thousands of years before, it didn't have that power, but we gave it that power in the early 1900s. And then you think about now, the connotation of that word may evoke different emotions depending on the person. And again, like I said, this is not to say you cannot embrace your beauty. That's not what I'm saying at all. And even when you think about sex in the reproductive sense, God made sex beautiful. Satan corrupted it. Sex is a beautiful thing between a married couple. So when you think about sex being beautiful and the Bible even saying that the marriage bed is undefiled, Satan wants it to be defiled. And so when we think about demonic influence, it's like, let me pervert the beautiful thing that God created. So why do we feel yucky or we feel a certain way when we talk about sex, but sex was designed by God. Same thing with beauty. God said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So to me, that says I'm beautiful and you're beautiful too. And so in chapter one, I really just talk about how we got here, the word sexy and the power that we've given it. And so it really sets the foundation for the rest of the book. And so then I move on to chapter two, which is called Redefining Beauty. And that is really looking at the biblical definition of what we, what beauty is and character and really focusing on who we are as a person, who we are as individuals who are brought at a price, who are saved by grace and grace alone. The next chapter is comparisons and confidence and comparisons and confidence. This is where we talk about the comparison conundrum where it really does hinder us from becoming the men and women God called us to be because we focus so much on what everyone else is doing. We're looking at their astroturf and we stop watering our grass. And so chapter three is really just offering up strategies on how we stop comparing, but then also exploring Kiva's story and how she began comparing. Because oftentimes when you think about life, the things that we encounter, the things that we do, these things start early. They start early in our lives. And then you see the pattern continue as you progress through your life and as you get older. After comparisons and confidence, the next chapter is called Demon Time, Overcoming Temptation. Now, if you've been on social media, then you know Demon Time is, you know, it's a bit of a mess, hodgepodge of things that happen after dark. And so the chapter is on overcoming temptation because God can only heal what's revealed. And so the things that we had in the dark, God He could heal it, but he gives us free choice. He gives us free will. So we get to decide what we want healed. We get to go to God, like the woman with the issue of blood. It did not matter how long she had had that condition. So this is for someone today. It does not matter how long you have been in your condition. We are saved by grace. So if you go to God and you say, hey, God, I need you. Hey, God, I want to come back. Hey, God, I want to do better. Guess what you can do? Guess what you can be? Better. And so in chapter four, it really is focusing on the character's transition and looking at 
the different situations she found herself in and providing biblical examples and strategies for how do we resist temptation? How do we call it what it is? And how do we cultivate a relationship with God where we're able to stay faithful to God in a world that's fallen, in a world that tells us, live your best life. Do you, boo? <laughs> you know, the world is telling us all these things and we're getting fed this constantly. You turn on the TV and the images that you see over and over, like literally it's infiltrating our spirit and it's creating different desires and lust within individuals. So the next chapter is called the turning point. This is really where Kiva starts to realize where she is as an individual in life. And all of us have a turning point. At some point you look at where you are and you say, you know what, this is not where I want to stay. I have a choice. I can either look back, I can look forward, or I can move ahead. And we get to decide what that turning point is. Which direction do we want to go? There's a fork in the road. Do we want to turn right or do we want to go left? And I mean that literally and you know, figuratively, do we want to do right or do we want to go left? <laughs> we have choices. And so that is the turning point chapter. The next chapter is God's girl. And this chapter is where we talk about the fact that being saved is cool. It is sexy. It is exciting in the informal sense of today's world. Because even when you think about businesses, they talk about water being sexy or whatever being sexy because it's like, it's exciting. It's appealing. Well, salvation is appealing. Living as God's girl is appealing because that is where you have true freedom. And so it's like, you know what, how do I embrace this? How do I embrace being saved? How do I embrace living my life like God called me to live my life? And encouraging people, walking in my calling, being true to who I am, not saying that I'm not going to make mistakes or that you won't make mistakes, but saying in that we are only saved by grace. I'm quick to tell people I'm not an angel. I'm saved by grace because that is the God honest truth. All of us are. We all are. And the next chapter is about building community and holding ourselves accountable. It is so important for us to be surrounded by individuals who are going to help us on this faith journey. So even for me, reading back through the book and talking to individuals about it, that is my community. That's building accountability. And it helps to be able to say, you know what? Here is where I'm falling short. Here is where I'm struggling. I need a little help. And we can go to God. We can talk to God. And sometimes I believe that God allows us to have people like the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. We need each other to build each other up. So this book, Sin, Salvation is the New Sexy, is not a replacement for your word. You need to read your word. This right here, think of it as a supplement, like a vitamin. This is something to supplement the word, to encourage you in a different way to move forward and believe in what God says about you. And the next chapter is becoming your best. It's like, you know, how do I really move forward and grow as a person? How do I become the best version of me? Because my best is going to be different from your best. And then the next chapter is God's gift, God's gift of grace and forgiveness. But I called it God's gift because I don't know if you remember the connotation, connotation, you see play on, play on words, but the connotation many, many years ago where people would be like, who do you think you are? You think you're God's gift. Get it? God's gift. So 
is some individuals, the way they carry themselves, they have this confidence. They have this air where people are like, are you, who do you think you are? God's gift. Guess what? We are all God's gift. The fact that I have breath in my body today is God's gift. The fact that I have grace on my side, that God will forgive me for my sins and he will help me. He will help you too. So this is where I talk about biblical examples as well of grace and forgiveness. And when you think about forgiveness, it allows us to be free. And that's really, when you think about salvation, it's freedom. It is freedom. It is freedom from condemnation. I'm not saying you won't be convicted as we should be when we're like on the wrong path when we're going left and we should be going right. But it is the spiritual convictions that really help us to become better. It's the Holy Spirit telling us, you know what, girl, you better stop. Because that that path you're walking on leads to death and destruction. That path you're walking on is going to create more rejection. That path is going to lead to generational curses. So we have to be mindful of these things. And then the last chapter in terms of the book, like the content in the book is sins, embracing your faith journey. And that's really just encouraging individuals to embrace the fact that we will face challenges. We will face temptation, but God has given us a way of escape and that we can go to God and ask him to help us. But that all of the things that we talk about in this book from building community, knowing who you are, knowing whose you are, really looking at the word and looking at the examples in the word and realizing that you are never too far gone to come back to God. And so um, those are the main chapters, but also within the book, I have a heart ablaze section the Heart of Blaze section includes reflection questions as well as a journal. So the reflection questions are good for individuals. They're good for a Bible study group, um, group discussion or book clubs. And then there's also um, notes, uh, the journal, the Heart of Blaze journal. It may be a little blurry on the screen for anyone that's watching on YouTube, but you will have the opportunity in the paperback version as well as the Kindle version to take some notes on the book and just start to allow God to minister to your heart and help you realize, you know what, where am I comparing myself? Where am I compromising my faith because I want to make someone happy? Um, or I, I don't want to be uh, disapproved by people. So I'm going to live on the edge and hope that I have time uh, and grace to be able to get it right. So I am excited. I am thrilled to be able to release this work. Um, like I said, it's been something that's been on my mind for a long time, but uh, there are different reasons why I think I was somewhat delayed. I think part of that delay was being concerned about what people would say, just being honest, is saying like, okay, is this really from God or is this from me? But I had a burning conviction in my spirit. Like I could not shake it. I literally woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to finish this. So when I think back to when I first released the t-shirt, I designed it in 2012 and I released a, um, an ad on Facebook in February, 2013, like right around Valentine's day. And I just said, you know, who would be interested in buying this t-shirt? So that was kind of, when you think about the foundations of confident connotations, which all of the designs are designs that I made. I design like mugs, t-shirts and things like that because I want to spark a conversation. I want us as believers to be able to embrace our faith and say, you know what? I am a believer. No, I'm not perfect, but that's not no excuse for me to not try to do right, for me not to encourage other people, for me not to live as God's girl. You know, we want to be the hot girl, but what about being God's girl? Because 
the hot girl's only going to get you so far. And I like to think of when you think about individuals who maybe their life, they've been focused on the external appearances. So what happens when you no longer look like what you look like? So for instance, I have a child and things happen to your body. Your body changes. But if all of my, you know how they say eggs in one basket, if all of my eggs were in my body basket, where it's like, okay, you know, my focus is on my body. And now my body doesn't look like it did because I had a baby. So now you have this pressure to conform to the world's norms or to say, you know what, now I have to change. Whereas if you have inner confidence and you recognize the power of inner beauty, you still can walk around and be confident and know who you are. And oftentimes people can pick up on that low self-esteem or those insecurities. And look, I'm speaking from personal experience because I started doing a lot of things in my life young um, in terms of like trying to build my self-esteem. So I wanted to be in the fashion shows because for me, it was a way for me to kind of channel a different persona. And then I used to get irritated when I was in high school and individuals would use the term sexy to describe me because that would be the first thing that they said. And so my first thought was the negative connotation, like, is that all you think when you see me? Is that I'm an object? But then sometimes as women, especially, we objectify ourselves. We try to make sure that we fit into a mold. And again, this is a reminder. This is not about saying you cannot feel beautiful. You cannot look beautiful. That is not what this is about. But it is about recognizing that in that beauty, there's also inner beauty. There's a beauty that transcends what we look like. Because guess what? Life is going to happen. You know, situations happen. Maybe you have an accident and now your face doesn't look how it used to look. Does that mean you are any less beautiful? No, it doesn't. Not in God's eyes because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But if that is what your your standard is and that is what you value, if you no longer have that, how will you feel about yourself? And so I say this book is for women of all ages because I want this book to be able to be a blessing to women, regardless of their age. Like I said, the character is younger because so often we think we have all this time, but we don't know the day nor the hour. The Bible reminds us of that. So this transformative concept of making salvation trend and saying no to sin and being excited, I say my book was written for the Christians and the curious. It's written for the person who says, you know what, I'm a believer, but I really am not confident in who God says I am. I want to be better. I say it's for the curious. It's for the people who are like, I don't even know if I believe in God. I believe in God because of my own personal encounters and experiences with God. But I also understand that everyone is not there. But you know what? Maybe this book will bless those individuals who are just like, hold up. What is she talking about? Salvation is the new sexy. What? That doesn't make sense. That's controversial. But to me, that is going to allow someone to get set free. And so I am so, so, so excited. I am grateful to everyone that has purchased the book. I am grateful to everyone that will purchase the book. And I say, I ask God that I may decrease so that he may increase, that his word will go forth. And the book includes personal anecdotes. It includes biblical stories. It includes lots of scriptures, just highlighting how we move from point A to point B. But it also includes strategies to say, you know what? You're talking about this community. Well, how do you do that? You're talking about saying no to temptation, but how do you do that? Like in real life, it's not that easy, but 
God has given us a blueprint in his word. And like I said, since salvation is, is the new sexy is a supplement. And so I am excited as I launch season six of the Confidence Restored podcast. This show is all about faith, inspiration, and transformation. And my goal is to help individuals get mentally fit, both myself and any guests that come on this show. Because when we think about where we are now, we so desperately need to be set free, where individuals get offended by salvation, but have no problem with sin. And when we think about that imbalance, we are so much more than just what we look like. And so I want individuals to love themselves and know who we are and whose we are, because society's superficial standards do not define who you are. What God says about you should trump anything that any other person's opinion says, because at the end of the day, God wants us to be kind. God wants us to be generous. God wants us to be humble. But he also wants us to live a fulfilling and satisfying life rooted in a relationship with God. And and the more that I've been working on my relationship with God, the more I've been learning about myself and I've been learning about just things in general. Like, you know, we want these things. We want to do things differently. We want to grow as individuals, but sometimes we hinder our own growth because we allow other people's opinions to stifle us. And I am one of those people too. And so I am so grateful to be liberated, to be set free, to have salvation. That liberation is so much better than any liberation that we can get from the world. So for anyone that is listening to this show and that has not accepted Christ, Um, the prayer of salvation is simple. And actually, even in the, the book, I provide like an outline of the prayer of salvation, um, because there's no set way to to pray. There is one in the Bible. It does say, as we pray, we should pray like this, but we don't have to have vain repetitions and use many words. The Bible tells us how we should pray. But then when we think about salvation, it literally is believing in our heart and confessing that Jesus is Lord. So for anyone that is watching on YouTube, I have posted the prayer of salvation, which says, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I repent of my sins and make you Lord over my life. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in righteousness daily. It is simple, but it is real. And once we confess and we believe that Jesus is Lord, that he sent his son to die for us, then we are saved because we are saved by grace. And again, like I said, I'm not an angel. I'm saved by grace. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. Will I probably make more? Probably. But what I am grateful for is that God has set my heart on fire for him. And he's like, uh, and I saw a post the other day that said, if I, if I was loud in my sin, I'm going to be loud for God. And I'm like, you know what? That's real. I can, I am feeling that because I'm like, no one has a problem if you're going down the wrong path. It's like, you know what? I'm going to hell and I'm trying to drag you down with me. And I'm like, you know what? I'll pass on that. Like, I want my heart to be on fire for God. And so everything in this book is intentional. Um, so you'll see here above the I in sins, there's a heart ablaze because God sets our heart on fire. He's like, you know what? I I sent my son to die for you because I love you that much. 
I love you that much. So to whoever is watching, whoever is going to listen to this episode, know that God loves you and that he wants you to be set free. And this book was written really to encourage women to be inspired to move from hot girl to God's girl. And so society promotes sin. However, salvation is where true freedom begins. So um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. I want to hear from you. Document your review in the comments. And for the book, make sure that you leave a review on Amazon so that more people can be reached by this. And I also want to hear your your feedback to hear what you thought about the book. My hope is that this book will transform lives and will encourage people to walk in who God called them to be, especially young women right now when there are so many images and so many things that try to divert our attention from walking in who we are and whose we are. So I am just grateful for today. I am grateful for new beginnings. I'm grateful for independence. I'm grateful for freedom. And I'm grateful for the people who will be set free. For the God says that some plant and he brings the increase. May this plant a seed in someone's heart, a seed to transform their lives, to transform how they see themselves. And will they, my hope is that they will know again who they are, whose they are and really be able to embrace their salvation, their freedom, and their true beauty. So on that note, good people, I encourage you to keep on, keep it on. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash CC America. Until next time, be blessed.